What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Strive for Strength podcast. It's your host, Kendall Strample, and I'm bringing in a guest today for an incredible conversation. Um, please welcome my incredible friend, Mr. Farr. What's up, dude? Welcome. I'm grateful to be here, to say the least. <laughs> um, so guys, Farr has been in my life for what? eight months, nine yeah. months now, maybe. Um, and even just before we started this conversation, my brain was just like going off with how much we could, just what we could segue into here. But I do want to introduce you guys to Far, um, get a little bit of his background. So Far, if you just want to introduce yourself to the people, let them know who you are, yeah. a little bit of your background. Sure. Um, I am the other quieter half of Beyond Built, even though once you kind of get around it, it's not so quiet anymore. Um, I've we've been doing it together Chad and I for two years so that's been really cool it's actually just coming up on two years pretty shortly and I went to college I have done the corporate thing I've been inside of massive businesses so I've had a a unique experience of seeing what it's like and how like we've talked about how dumb it almost is and how simple it is and that's the reason it's successful so between that experience things that I went through growing up moving um, from Canada to the U.S. and then two years ago moving out west. There's just a lot of things that I've gone through in my life that opened my eyes to the opportunity we have, like in every moment. And I think that's what makes all of this cool. Is like we just had our retreat this past weekend, and just I had a really emotional moment on Saturday night, like after we did the gratitude circle, and I was like, "This is to think at almost 29 years old, like this is where life is." it's it's pretty crazy to think about i don't i'm not sure i would have believed you at 14 15 16 when i was going through puberty and struggling through some of the things i did but the little kid in me always had a feeling and it's just it's funny how things kind of come full circle so heck yeah cool so i know we talked about this a little bit before we got started but what do you feel like made you take a big step back from corporate specifically and then enter more into the coaching space so when covid happened or right before covid happened i had met chad at the la fit expo and we were talking one night and we had all been it was the night before we actually went to the expo and he's like why aren't you doing more one-on-one coaching and i was like i've been in the business world like i'm out of college now it's been almost four years and i can't see myself doing something that doesn't touch a lot of people and makes a difference in their lives, whether, however you want to look at it, like FedEx is who I was working for at the time. And I was in consulting. It's a massive organization. Like it's the backbone of the economy. If you think about it, logistics plays a huge role in like supply, the the actual supply chain. So as I had gone through different experiences, I was like, I always want to do something bigger. And I didn't actually hate the corporate world. I just never really liked a lot of the methodologies and the path they went through. And the more I understood it, the more I was like, it can be simpler than this and it can be way more impactful than this. But like, that's just been my belief since, since leaving college. And so COVID happened and like I became being at FedEx and obviously with everything going on with the drugs and the stuff that was toward COVID and having different people that I had in my network, I just got to a point where I was like, I don't know if this is going to be a forever thing. And I did. I don't really feel that it's going to be a forever thing. And I had said before I started that job, like a year before, this is going to be my last corporate job. Right. So I'd already been getting my hands into entrepreneurship. I have a, one of my best friends is, a, is my business partner in my other venture. And we had just been like spending time working through stuff. And Chad was working with a former mentor of mine and he'd reached out and said, Hey, like there's stuff that I need help with. And he said, he'd be like really good with helping this stuff. So I started helping Chad behind the scenes and then we got on Zoom one time and he was just like, 
I know you said you wouldn't want to do one-on-one coaching forever, but what would you want? I was like, it's not that I don't want to coach. I love coaching. It's just whatever is built, it can't just be coaching. It has like I want it to be so much bigger. And he kind of asked like what I wanted, and I was like retreats and clothing and apparel and like you know even speaking seminars like we were talking about like the way Tony Robbins and stuff like those are things that I find to be so powerful and having something that integrates experience is like vital to me so it's like we have a gym and then we have retreats and then like you can almost have like your own clothing apparel that's like the Nike of whatever right like I let I see things bigger than me it's not me like and I told that I told him at the time and we we've spoken about this too there's a lot of people in the online space that they're like, I'm this coach. I do this. I create these results. And I'm like, there's so much I like, when is it going to be about we, and when is it going to be bigger than just what you do? And I, I said that to Chad, I was like, I, it has to be bigger than me and you. Like I, I, I would be so good with a, the day that someone comes to beyond Bill and couldn't even tell you who I am. And then they come within the experience and then they meet all these people and cool we get a chance to interact. And like, that's what I want. Cause I, I told, we were talking about, it. I was like, if you go to the Apple store, most people don't know who Tim Cook and Steve Jobs and all these people are. They don't, you know what an iPhone is. You have one right there. I have one. You're on a laptop. Like, and that's what I want is this, I, this massive legacy of something that transcends the lifetime we live in. Cause we're only guaranteed a finite amount of time. And we don't even have an awareness of what that really is. So why not spend time building, creating through love, through, helping people grow and evolve and filling needs and connecting with people emotionally. Cause at the end of the day, like we're emotional beings, we want to be connected with. And so he said like, what, what else would you need? And I told him and he was like, so let's do this together. And I was like, this is cool. And I, like I, I told him recently too, it takes a lot. And I understand like we all have things we work through and we're all in different places in our life. It takes a lot for someone to say, Hey, I need help or I'd like you to be involved in this. And I, I give him a lot of credit for that because it could have easily never happen. Right. And I, we even talk about it too. Like we started working together and then all of a sudden a lot of things happened very, very quickly. And so I, I, like, I always give him a lot of credit for that because I told him, I was like, this is how I operate. And if we both operate this way, there's no telling how big this could be. But I was like, if this is not how you want to operate, I respect it. I love you. You're always going to be someone I'll care for and respect and appreciate. But this is how I, this is what I need. And so it was, it, it was definitely one of those things where like I got off the call. He, as he, as I got off the call, he was like laughing. Cause I was like, we'll have a retreat within a year. Like, I don't doubt it. And then less than six months after that call, we had our first retreat. It's insane. So, it's so crazy. talk a little bit more about the dynamic between you and Chad in terms of like zone of genius, like how you guys bounce energy off of each other. Like, what does that look like? We are, he is a mirror of who I once was. And that's the funny part. So he is super high energy, super loving, like, and he just wants to do it now. now. And I love that. And I was that way for a long time. And I actually, and I told him recently, I was like, probably one of my, oddly enough, has become kind of one of my challenges at times. I can move a little slower because I have seen what happens to me every time I just run like really, really fast in sports. I would get injured in business. I would like trip up and be like, Oh, you missed something that could have been very vital to this. So I can move quickly and fast, but that's like what he loves doing. And so I'm like, okay, cool. You want to like, like spearhead moving things quickly, operatively. Great. I'll look at our numbers. I will manage what we're doing with the brand. I'll manage and look at, okay, how can we create an experience? Like what we do with our events, what direction we take things. So we 
it's funny we do overlap in a lot of ways and i i would tell you uh, he is like like we'll work with our mentor and he's like okay let's do this, this, this. i'm like cool this needs structure like i see things very differently this needs a certain structure and like i'll break it down he's like a the move guy and i'm like okay let's be let's have a vision around what this goes like and he in a lot of ways has developed that to a level too. Like he'll come to me with certain questions and then I'll give him like my feedback and I'll come to him and be like, okay, we're moving fast about this. Can we move this part faster? Right. And I think that's what the compliment is like. We are so similar, yet we are also very different. He is rapid at times, completely like abrupt. And I am methodical and also abrupt in my own way. So there are times that like, he'll have it he'll take a step back and like want to do something a little slower and then i'm like mm, we should do this a little quicker and vice versa so there's like a harmony because even for us like right now as we like work through different things like sales has always been his big focus i've worked in sales and i've done sales jobs but i was like it doesn't make sense for both of us to sit here and do this right we can both be both be involved in the lead gen and the selling and in the, the process and creating the structure but I don't know, you don't bring, putting those two people and just having them focus on this and then there's all these other things, fulfillment, you know, branding and all this stuff. You're just going to get left wondering what the hell is really going on here? Like, yeah, cool, you'll have some good months, but you can't work towards the vision. So that's a lot of how we overlap. But, you know, we have constant conversations. There's never like, it's my way or it's his way. Like we also look at it as like, okay, what, what is the best way to serve our team? Like our coaches, the people we bring into it because at the end of the day, those are the people we work for. Right. I feel like it's, it's very synergistic in the yes. sense that, you know, you guys complement each other in areas of like maybe lack or, mm-hmm. you know, where you guys, like you said, can pick up pace or slow, yeah. slow things down, which is really cool. For you, just in terms of the humility side of things, mm-hmm. like coming in with Chags, I know we kind of talked about that too and how, you know, with leadership, I think humility is like one of the most important things, um, definitely like a massive pillar of business, but, um, in terms of the humility side of things and like that conversation and just kind of opening your heart and mind to be being able to work together, like with Chad, with beyond built, um, how did you guys kind of navigate that conversation or how did you even like bring that up? It was interesting. So I had told him like, I do the coaching piece by myself, right? So that's a hundred percent me, like my own little online coaching business that has like 30 clients. And like, it's this thing that I can do aside a corporate consulting job. So it's like, I could just do this, but I want something more. And I'm also building this other thing with a friend of mine. And we had actually gone down the path of like drop shipping because we're like, we need to make more capital. This is the, there's a group of people we have access to who are good at this. And so if the focus is to create capital to fund the actual venture we want to do. Cool. This is what we'll do in the interim. I had tried to build a business all by myself at 23 and at 24. And one of the times I tried to do it with someone who is, who is one of my best friends. And like to this day, I love him. We just have very different like desires in life. Right. And I found very quickly that all of the people I was meeting who were solopreneurs, they're not entrepreneurs. They're self-employed there's a whole different mentality that goes into becoming, you know, a business owner and then an investor. Like there's a journey you go through. Right. And I was already, because of the experiences that I had had through corporate, the different projects I had been on, my mindset went from how do I make money to how do we create for us and make something bigger. And so when him, when I met him, it was like, he even said, he was like, it was just different for me. Like you don't ask for much out of anybody, but you are very clear on what you want and what you're not willing to do. And so it honestly came down to direction, which like I could tell when we talked about Beyond Built, when he had just started it kind of by himself, 
what he wanted it, how he saw it. And I was like, cool. So maybe like even before him and I got together when we were in LA, I was like, maybe this is what you do with branding. Maybe this is what you do with this. I was like, this, uh, he like showed me his ads dashboard. I'm like, this is why it's not working. And I was like, try this. And he's like, how do you know that? And I was like, I've spent $50,000 in ads before in dropshipping. Like there's things you learn as you like have skin in the game. And I was like, once you have skin in the game and even burn a few times in different aspects of business, you have some wounds that you like have learned. Okay. This is what I don't need to be doing. Like, this is not the approach to it. And so I think for him and I, it was like, he has this tenacity that I absolutely love. He's just as competitive as I am, which I find very rare because I'm very sickening when it comes to competitive nature. And so I was like, these, are, this is what I value. This is what I foresee. I love what this is. I'm passionate about it. This is what, it can become, and this is what it's going to require. And I'm only telling you this being inside of other businesses. And I think that was actually what helped me. It's like, I, I hear the stigma of like, working for someone else is bad. And like, if you're an entrepreneur, you should do this. And it's like, I actually think a lot of the best lessons I learned were working in the banking industry, which was very challenging in itself, working in software and seeing like just how fast technology moves and then working in the logistics giant and seeing just how how impactful it is to the economy. It's like you have to move supply, you have to move food, you have to move drugs like during a, what was a global pandemic, right? So there's just a lot of lessons that came with that where it was like, okay, we need to do this, we need to do this. And it's funny at times like when we're talking to our mentor, like when we've talked to you, he'll look at me. He's like, I feel like you said these were things we were going to need. I was like, yeah, like at some point there are things in a business that have to be in place to scale. Otherwise you don't, you, you get to a point and you're, you're pigeonholed, right? You can't actually grow further. So it's, it's definitely been cool to see like the evolution of it. Cause it's like one conversation then becomes a reality that then a conversation happens and then that's the next reality. And it's like this, ever-evolving journey through like expression too i think you learn a lot about how to communicate how to be willing how to be open-hearted how to be methodical and i think those are like a big part of growing within businesses like you also have to experience your own personal evolution too so for you i know we talked about like the humility aspect and how you know partnering up with chad and stepping into leadership and stepping into this role do you feel like at some point previously this was about the I for you? Like, was it ever at some point like about the I and like your success? And did you feel like there was some kind of transition or have you seen that amongst other people? When I met him, it wasn't where I was. When I was 21, there was a lot more, I, which I tell him at times too. I'm like, we've had conversations. There was a very specific conversation right before Phoenix, the Phoenix retreat. And he said something about why he wanted to, move out west like why he wanted to do what he did and i was like you sound like me like verbatim i said that at your age like i literally looked at somebody else and i like was people alana and uh, rj kind of looked at me and i was like no i'm just i'm cringing because it's funny how much of my life has come full circle through all this right so in the moment of it when we met i had gone through a lot of the things that kind of had pushed me away from i Right. And I had been, I was in a relationship at the time and I was, and even that was part of the dynamic of the relationship was I realized like we were just in very different places when it came to growing and, and who I wanted to become and what I wanted to leave as a legacy and how I saw that as I'm saying I, but like I within the confine of the collective. Yeah. And that was something that I noticed even back in New York, like it wasn't a thing around the majority of the people. And I was like, okay, so you're not supposed to understand me and that's fine. I'm also aware of that in serving this bigger purpose in my own life this is not it anymore 
and him even too like he's a big personality i've met people who are like he has a huge ego and say things like that and i'm just like okay that's that's one projectional idea and i'm i'm not here to tell you that in someone's as you can see it that way but when you really get to dig into someone i'm someone who will like we're gonna keep digging i'm not gonna i will not do service with you you're, you're aware of this as anyone once i can vet it out and see where you are then i make my decision there's no judgment but i do make my decision on okay is this the time to have this conversation or are we going to further our relationship or it could be at some point and that door is open but i'm going to continue on my own path with the new people that i've met and at the time i could tell like he was very very hungry and very willing like for him to ask for the help he did before we ever had the business partner conversation to then having that conversation and then the ensuing conversations since then that has been a tremendous hallmark on growth and i've said that to carolina and i've shared it with you it's very very cool to watch it like we all have our own different paths we're on you know i don't think anybody's any further behind it's just a matter of are you aware and are you willing i think the willingness piece is the thing that i appreciate with him is he's been willing right and that is the single reason why this works like when there's willingness there's opportunity right and i think that the huge part about that which honestly circles back to like the main thing that i wanted to bring up today is you know knowing that we've talked about like the i to we mm-hmm. and going from that i would love to direct this towards do you feel as though childhood trauma or do you feel like the impact of an upbringing has a lot to do with that i and like mm-hmm. needing the gratification out of work i've noticed a lot of like self-worth being attached to business being attached to like the one-on-one coaching side of things um can you speak to that what are your thoughts a hundred you and i have had conversations right, right. one-on-one even with you right I, I i find many times as people we are quick to write something off so like i remember the first time the idea of childhood trauma or any of that stuff was like even a thought was like the idea of listening to like tony robbins because my cousin's always been older than me so he's like oh you should i was like 15 he's like you should read tony robbins like it's cool so like it'll teach you something i don't really know if i want to do that and then i remember i had a certain experience at 19 where i felt certain things and i was like okay now i want to understand why do i feel this way about a situation that is so far out of my control and the more I've dug into behavior, because like, let's be real, that's the foundation of all things human, how you move, how you breathe, how you eat, what you believe in, the more I've realized with people that there's a lot of things we do and pretty much everything we do that is actually just a reflect reflection of things that maybe were missed at childhood, right? Like I, I hear my favorite thing in the fitness space is hearing coaches be like, you have a mindset issue. Like you don't edge your macros. I'm like, your behaviors are a reflection of unhealed spiritual neglect. That's the truth. It's not a mindset issue. The mind is responding to what was neglected and then the behavior is perpetuated. You're thinking about the brain and I'm thinking about the heart. There's a fundamental difference. And people are like, well, I don't really get how that works. I was like, well, the mind is only going to tell you what to do. You have to experience some, experience something and feel something, right? And like, if you think about zero to eight being like the most transformative years, not that things that happen don't after don't make a difference, they do. But many of us experience certain things that at zero through eight might've seemed minute, but when you look back at it, it was the reason why you may be inexpressive emotionally. Maybe you, didn't feel the need to like communicate with someone, or maybe that's why you're really volatile when you get upset. Like there's so many paths that can go down. And 
as I went through digging into my own shit, I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I see it. And like, we always talk about like, not obviously not on the podcast, but like we've talked about everything's a mirror. I see myself in so many people and vice versa. And then I see who my mom is and my dad is. And I see why I am the way I am. And I see my own mirrors and I learn, I've learned how to evolve in my own expression and make decisions on what do I want to, who do I want to become and what do I have to give in order to be that person, right? Because we get so fixated as coaches on how can I have 50 clients? How can I have bigger impact? How can I make more money? Yet the piece we miss is what do I have to give and who do I need to become to facilitate this? And I, the, once you realize in business, in everything in life it's an inner game it is not the numbers it's not that like it all changes you have a different level of patience you actually move with a lot more speed which i find very interesting and then on top of that the journey is worth is much more worthwhile you don't see things as problems you see them as challenges and opportunities and i, I think that's a big thing that's missed i love that you said moving the speed because that literally like a light bulb just went off in my head when you said that is I know for myself personally, and we've talked about this a good bit, it's like, I didn't really start digging into like my traumas and things of that nature, honestly, until I started CBT, which was like August, mm -hmm. like not even that long ago. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest thing that I've recognized is I think you move more with speed when you understand these things, because one, a lot of the times we spend in a cycle in our head, creating all the what if scenarios, mm -hmm. this isn't going to work, you know, like basically just thoughts that don't serve us mm -hmm. in business. And I think moving through the childhood trauma, understanding, becoming more aware, becoming more aware of behaviors that you're doing, it it almost opens you up to have more clarity on the path that you need and create more of that, that speed. Do you feel like that's a correlation that you've seen? For I will give you the other side of that because I think you, you're right, but I think here's the other thing. There's, when I walk through something like, like a pain point with someone, one of the questions I ask is, who would you be without this thought or this idea in your head, right? And the answer is always, I would be free. I would be less restrictive. I would love differently or whatever. And what I notice is you, as you shed, as you release, as you go through the healing work, right? You become free and freedom is where there's speed. It's not the fact that, oh, like I, it's not just the idea that, oh, I recognize this makes me anxious or this is holding me back. Like the reality is, and you're probably aware of this too, like, there's still moments that are anxiety inducing. You're still, you are a human. Like to think that I'm not going to get sad or angry or anxious or pissed off ever again. You're out of your fucking mind. That's not really how that works. Yet as you heal the core root of those emotions that actually drag out longer. And the reason they're dragging is because you halt them so much. You don't let yourself experience the emotion in full. You move faster because if you look at it and I, mean, I don't know if you've read how to do the work, but she talks about, you experience an emotion for 90 seconds in the nervous system. The reason we keep living in the same body is because we cut off the idea and the feeling lasting that long because it's too intense. And it's reminding us of something that we went through at some point in our life that just felt painful or extremely traumatic. Right? So as you learn to feel through things and then the big kicker is seeing it for what it is no more and no less. And then as you do that and you free yourself of the thoughts that come with it, you move with speed because it's like, okay, I'm not going to be perfect. Cool. I can keep going. I might make an idiot out of myself. Cool. I'll just keep doing it. And at some point I'll figure out what works and what doesn't work in the world I live. In. And that's the thing. It, it, it's not just 
oh, like, you know, these are these thoughts. It's like, can you let go of these thoughts? And why are you holding on to them? I notice a big thing that happens for people that become very successful in breaking past their barriers is how much do they hold on to when it comes to their thoughts? And a lot of that is what is your belief system? Is your belief system like this linear path? We're human, right? Like humans have this tendency to everything is linear. Like X goes to Y. Yet every other animal understands that it's a squiggly. And then as soon as your mind realizes it's a squiggly and your belief system like broadens, it's actually funny how easy it gets. Cause like, oh, it's not gonna be easy. Oh, I have to deal with this situation. I have this other situation coming here. And so when you expand the mind and the beliefs don't become so finite, you can move with speed. Cause you're like, okay, if I just keep going and don't get attached to the outcome, I can work through the process. And therefore the result will be a byproduct of that. We love cognitive disruption. Absolutely. Just spend so much time in it. Right? <laughs> so like, this is something I mentioned to Caroline the other day is like, I'm reading this book. It's incredible. It's called A Happy Pocket Full of Money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I might have mentioned this to you as well. There are trees. Like it, it talks about how people who are successful, one, have desire rather than wants. The language around that is huge. And two is instead of creating all those what if scenarios, all the cognitive distortions, they simply are. And they, they just they beat pretty mm-hmm. much and it's like when they go into launches with business when they go into sales calls like whatever it is content strategy it's like they have so much freedom like you said and clarity because they're not creating all this junk in their head mm-hmm. you know which is a huge part of why i think so many coaches stay stagnant when they want to pop into the space and i think so many people in our space too are i think the work like that just phrase in general has become like I don't say bad, but it's just become like very popular. And I think a lot of people are now trying to identify like what really is doing the work and like, how do you get into it? And I think that's the, the question that I get so much from people, especially coaches is just like, they're always like, I need systems to fix this. And I need systems to like get the next client and do this. And like, no, before we even think about putting in a strategy or a system or do something, it's like, who do you need to be to mm-hmm. get to that point? Um, what are your thoughts in regards to not necessarily just doing the work, but if someone genuinely is like, I know that this is what I need to step into a starting point for them or just where they turn to even address these traumas or these thoughts or what that looks like. There's two paths to this. One, I think, or I find is therapy, which you and I have talked about. They can be very hit or miss, right? Like many therapists I've learned are going to teach you how to cope and not heal and that's there's they're two fundamentally very different things right the person who's willing to work through and walk through and find these exiled parts or these managed parts or these protective parts and walk you through nurture and support and love within those in an honest manner right like love is equal parts honest and raw as it is gentle and sweet i find that a lot of people don't see that like sometimes i have to tell you that this isn't it and you're not being responsible and other times i have to be gentle and say okay it was a moment you went a certain way, like it's it's okay, we're all human. So I think one path is therapy. The other path is like actually picking up or having people who either have done it and going to them or going down the path of like learning from someone, right? Like, so my older cousin's been my mentor in a lot of ways. And I have that person who I can have an idea when it comes to humans or behavior or relationship and I can throw it. And we play pitch and catch for hours at times. Like we will talk through something and then I'll be around people. I'll be like, oh my God, I see all of it. I see myself. Like <laughs> this is a lot, but really what it's going to come down to. And it's something we've even worked on inside of Beyond Built as a part of our program is you need to step into awareness. 
And within awareness, there needs to be a level of extreme self-responsibility. Everything in your life is your fault, right? So like I've talked to you about, I'll use, I'll use an example in my own life. I can look back on my last relationship in hindsight and tell you there was a moment on the second date with something I specifically asked where the answer specifically told me this is not the person for you. And I stayed in a relationship for almost two years. There's in my eyes, there's nothing she did wrong. It is my fault. The relationship lasted two years. It is my fault. It went down the path that it, all the things that came with it, even the times maybe she got upset with me or whatever, it's my fault. I continue to perpetuate that. And that sounds extreme to some people because like, oh, she's responsible for her own emotions. Sure, that is very true. And I had a feeling and ignored it because I had certain insecurities that came out that I only became more aware of later in the, like as relationship went on, that were things that I needed to work through. So there's an extreme level of self-responsibility and that can start with meditative practices that can start with journaling, but you need to go look at your mom, your dad, the kid you were, and one of the best exercises you can do is identify what negative traits do you see in your mother, your father, and the little kid in you. And then write down every experience that you have as to why you see those negative traits. And if you do that, right? So like I, I, we were talking about this over the weekend, I asked a couple of people to do that. And they're like, oh, I see my mom as pessimistic because when I was six years old, this specific thing happened and this is how she projected onto me. And I'm like, cool, you've been wearing that. And that's why you're a huge pessimist. It's a mirror. So everything you are now telling me happened from your mom. I'm not saying your mom didn't influence it, but there you're also being pessimistic because you wore it and then you took it on as your voice. And I was like, is that responsible? And the answer was no. And I was like, okay, if you're going to heal, it starts with personal responsibility. And also understanding that it's okay that you've done that to this point. Like you did the best you understood how with what you were given, right? Nicola Perra always talks about, there's a story and in order to heal, we must welcome in a new narrative. So did mom neglect you? Sure. Did dad, so I, I've met women who have had, and, and even men who've had parents abuse them or have gone through assault or rape or whatever, or they went through something with a family member. And it's, it's honestly been one of the hardest things for me to like listen through. Yet, if you're going to change the beliefs around it and everything, there has to be some level of responsibility. That's how you heal it, right? Can you let go of the idea that, oh, like I'm still that person? It was a moment in time. And I think that's what happens is we live in our past. That's the narrative we create. Mom told me I wasn't good enough because I didn't have good grades. So now I act this way with everything in my relationships. I self-sabotage, I exile myself and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, that was just a moment. Let's like, there's different exercises you can use to work backwards. And I think that's the big thing is, can you start to become aware, take responsibility for them and create the narrative that actually moves you forward. And that's a challenge for many people to do. Yeah. yeah, I think sometimes too, a lot of people get stuck in that wishful thinking or yeah, like the, so. the wanting of like doing something, which I was just why I always dissect like desire versus want, because I think a lot of the times we, people won't spend the time and imagination, kind of like what we did at the retreat where it's like, hey, let's look at what your future self looks like and envision that. And, you know, if you're, if you're looking at reverse engineering it, if you want to put it in a term that's more technical for those who like first want to get started in their journey I would take more of like a like a technical side yeah right yeah. um because I know for me like I told myself I literally have a left and right brain up mm-hmm. there I told myself like I'm left-brained like I look at things in numbers I look at things in terms of logistics like there's no way that I'm ever going to like step into mindset work I would like say no to every mm-hmm. workshop you know and I feel like in our space too 
so many people can be resistant to that at first because I think it's it's scary, you know, stepping into Very much so. like what you have to release in order to rewrite that narrative, rewrite that truth. You know, um, it's it's even like literally today I had someone message me like I don't really believe in affirmations. Like I think they're stupid. Like just writing something on paper, mm-hmm. saying something on paper is like not going to do it for me. I'm like understandable because if you don't actually dig into why you need that affirmation then mm-hmm. you're not going to believe it sure you know? um and so for someone looking to get into practices or you know like you said even starting it with therapy or whether mm-hmm. it's just picking up a book right i think the application is the most important that's the key piece right yes so in terms of the application side of things having a guide like having a mentor do you have any words of advice for anyone just looking to step into that looking to find mentorship or ask it's like anything else ask do your homework I was fortunate enough that I have an older member in my family who has certain experiences with his mom and dad that I can't completely relate to but because we share a mutual parent who came from the same set of parents I can see where that came from and he can see where what I experienced came from so I think I was very lucky in that sense. I think asking for help is good. I think therapy can good if you can find someone who is willing not to, and this is, I find to be a challenge. And I've had this conversation with my friend, Ali, who's a, who's a social worker. The challenge is finding a therapist who's not going to just manage you. And then you come in every, it's, it's almost like what we used to see on TV growing up. It's like, you go to the therapist for every week, you just blow, blow it all out. Okay, see you next week. Like, that's not going to help you, heal, yeah. right? There needs to be an emphasis and push on the pain, right? And so it's, it's really asking. There are so many resources out there. I mean, like, I think the one that everybody knows is Tony Robbins, right? Like, I can tell you early in my life, looking through YouTube videos, like, I can vividly remember just sitting there when YouTube was just a thing. I would watch his seminars like top to bottom and like that very much pushed me into the direction that I am now. Do I think everybody's going to do that? No. But I also, the other part of it that I think is important to realize too, is like journaling, meditation, affirmations, all of these things are good. They can't be the only thing. Right. And this is why, and this is a conversation I had with Jess Post, a phenomenal girl. If you guys don't follow her, please do. But a lot of times people just go, I'm going to do affirmations. I'm going to journal. I'm going to meditate. The other part of it is like healing and growing and becoming this person you want to be. We're talking about being right. So if you're going to evolve and heal it, the biggest key is embodiment and that's in practice. It's not like, did you wake up? Like we, we both love Alex Carmozzi. Like he made a joke the other day and I was like, this was perfect. He's like, what are you going to chant affirmations in the mirror all day? And that's my thing too, is like, there's a practicality and a responsibility piece to this. So it's like, do I think journaling has its place? Absolutely. Meditation? Absolutely. Affirmations? Absolutely. It requires practice. You don't get better about squatting. Just, you know, you mean you're sitting here and like, Kendall, squeeze your glutes, curl your toes. Like, I'm, that's not going to make you or I better. I wish. Yeah. You have to actually live in the practice. It's the same thing that I find people are challenged with, with gratitude. They'll call someone and be like, I'm so grateful for you, all this stuff. And it's like, gratitude is a practice. So instead of just telling people, take what you learn and you're grateful for from one person and apply what you've learned in other parts of your life and share. Like you will feel and find you embodying all the things you want to be by taking the lessons and actually applying them. 
And that's the big thing in healing is like, you don't have to go down this like huge woo woo spiritual thing. Like I've done that at some point. How did it help some degree? Yes. I don't think you have to be like, Oh, I'm going to read every trauma book and all this stuff and be able to analyze something. I think most people take that and run with it way too far. Right. Do I find we need to get to a place where we get super responsible and we learn how to embody in practice the person we want to become? Yes. But take everything like with a grain of salt do meditations work yeah i have friends who meditate a lot does affirmations work absolutely but you also have to have things that you do in this journey that create embodiment because you will not change unless you actually embody the person you want to become yeah that makes me so happy that you touched on that i feel like that's the one thing that so many people in our space they want to get into doing more of the work they want to get into their healing journey but they have so much resistance Mm -hmm. Because one, either they don't know where to start or they're too focused on the, oh, that's stupid. Oh, that's not going to work for me. You know, Mm. the embodiment side is a huge, huge aspect of that. And I kind of want to pivot because I know we talked about this beforehand, but I want to make sure we touch on this because it's something I love talking about, which is the, just the dynamic of, of wealth. And I think a lot of when you go through that healing journey and you open your mind up to it, you start to see what wealth really looks like and this almost circles fully back to when we first got started and we talked about you joining with chad i would love to know just like what for you personally you feel like wealth truly looks like integration i think is the word that comes to mind and this is why i say that that same older cousin of mine is a private pilot so he's had experiences flying people with a lot of money athletes artists like you name it I've probably gotten a text. Oh, hey, like I flew, I flew Justin Timberlake this past weekend. Cool. Awesome. Like ask him if he's bringing sexy back. Cause I haven't heard anything <laughs> in a couple of years, but him and I had this conversation recently and I was like, what do you find to be the common point with people who are wealthy? And I mean, not just financially, but there's wealth across the board, right? Because I think we, if we looked at it kind of like in buckets, there's the physical health, then there's the mental emotional piece. And then there's the, spiritual right or you can kind of bring those together right and then the financial what i notice is and what i learned and him and i've talked about this is many times people can get to like two buckets but the piece that seems to be able to bring more harmony across the board is where are you at in your being and one of the things that you learn within your being is you have to learn how to integrate there's a time to be assertive like you've learned and there's a time to be gentle there's a time to be very honest in one manner and there's a time to be very honest in another manner right there's a time for me to get up and go train every day at four o'clock in the morning and there's a time to remind myself like yo you're a human and you sleeping in an extra couple hours is a good thing right and then even in your own life it's like okay i work my bike works 60 70 80 90 100 hours. like i've done it i've worked like a ton of hours and then you also gotta go to the other side of like yo maybe i need a week and not look at my fucking phone and not talk to anybody and that's cool a lot of it comes back to integration and that's where I've seen like the true dynamic of wealth come into play in a manner that's not just financial because what I've learned even with the financial people that have wealth and actually have more of all of that is they look at it through the lens of legacy which is this can't be about me and like me compared to where the actual product or service or offering is or the creation is is so far removed, right? Like we were talking about it before the podcast, you have the Apples, the Nikes, the Teslas, the Under Armors, like you have all these massive companies. Elon Musk might be the only one of those big figureheads that a lot of people would know. 
Most people do not know who Jack Dorsey is. He created Twitter. Most people do not know Kevin Plank. He's the guy who started on Armour. Most people do not know Zuckerberg. They don't know Tim Cook, Tim Cook, let alone Steve Jobs, who's you know long past. They don't even know who Phil Knight is. He's writing a great book, by the way. If you haven't read it, you've got to read it. But there's like this gap between self-identification and what the creation is. You're going to die. That's like the kicker to life. So what are you going to leave behind? And if you think it's, there's only one Michael Jordan. That's, that's the, like everyone talks personal brand. There's only one MJ. It's probably going to be the only person whose personal brand will live that way. There's probably a handful of others. So you can try to do it by yourself, but the same thing those people learn. What do you create in the collective? How do you bring people together? What kind of system, what are you building that serves the people around you? Because I can promise you, if you really focus on helping to create and grow the community, the, the tribe, the, the people around you and integrate through that, this journey can go way differently than if you try to be the solopreneur who wants to be the face of everything, who wants to swing their ego, who is really just overcompensating on all their childhood trauma. And like, that'll be cool and you'll have money and you might have a Ferrari and a McLaren and a massive house on the beach, but I promise you, you won't be fulfilled. And I'm not at that place in my life financially yet, and it's going to happen. But I've even learned from all of the research and all the people I've talked to with like, it won't matter. I've met people who have so much money and like they're broken. Like it hurts to have the money they have. I've seen more, like we live in a world where divorce rates are huge and high. There's no amount of money that's going to solve problems that are not related to money. I promise you that. And I think that's the big thing with wealth is can you realize like the inner game is the first piece and all of that will be a byproduct of how that inner piece evolves. And that inner piece is going to evolve through your expression. How I sounded at, at Chad's age is probably similar to Chad. How I sound at almost 29 is not the same anymore. And that's the only reason I've, in my own individual life, it's come to this place of evolve and grow with the collective. Do work harder on yourself than you work on anyone else, but do it with the understanding of servant leadership. And like, I don't ever, I, like I've never met a real leader who sits there and talks about themselves being a leader. That's the other side of it too. You have to be able to understand that like this game is bigger than you. Yeah. My mentor says um, wealth is what you have when you have no money left. And when he said that to me, I was like, wow, that hits so hard because I think that truly shows like what community have you built? What service have you provided? Like, how are you showing up to help others show up for themselves? And I think beyond built, like that's something just being able to speak at your guys's retreat this last weekend, I was like, wow, like this is abundance. Like this is wealth, like take the financial piece out of it. And it's like the community that you guys have and like the service that you guys provide is like so like you said so much more than yeah. just like one-on-one -on -one coaching and like i will tell anyone listening to this podcast because i know most of y'all are coaches like if you do not go follow beyond built's page please do um also have a youtube video that by the time you guys listen to this will be out so you guys can check that out for the beyond belt retreat um but having that community aspect, I think has just been, I mean, it helps the business in and itself grow, but aside from the business aspect, it's like each individual is now helping each other grow. And it almost is like you and Chad get to sit back and see the, like the legacy you're building, like come to life mm -hmm. within the people in, in your community, you know, which has to be a good feeling. I can imagine. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's funny how much of letting go of self-identity like seven years ago. 
I remember like there's early times in the healing process where like they say like my cousin said, as soon as you don't see the eye in, in you anymore, you're gonna realize and feel a freedom you've never felt before. Like I'm sure you've noticed there's not a whole lot of I know in my language much. It doesn't happen, yeah. I'm human. I have things I'm still working through, but it's it's become less and less. And I remember sitting there Saturday night after we had a, like a little gratitude circle and I just started crying and I was like, wow, like I remember when I started this, I didn't, the, especially going inward journey, I was like, I don't really see how I'm ever going to get to that conclusion. Because it's not what you're trained, right? Like we get tied to the idea of like the Hollywood superstar and like, oh, this person like runs this massive company and this is why he's successful. And like, I want to be Kobe Bryant. I want to be this person. And then you like, really start digging into the journey and like there's definitely been a lot of tears that have been cried over the last seven years and one by one like even you and I shared a moment at, at the event too and I was like it's free it's very freeing and it's like well I'm enjoying and appreciating this like deep feeling of joy in this moment and I'm going to appreciate it and then we're going to keep going forward because there's only more to come yeah Ugh, i love that and i think i think here's the thing is like after we talked on friday and you were saying like oh i see a mirror of myself and you know the cool thing too is like i reflected on that and i thought to myself I had a call with like a friend the next morning and there were so many things that even like she said and she's starting really really like diving into her trauma and her journey and there were certain things that like even she said that i was like i'm so grateful to learn and see from her Mm-hmm. the mirror and like where I know I have been and where I'm still working on mm-hmm. you know like still continuously working on to this day and I think that's the biggest thing is just giving yourself the grace knowing that like it's you know it's a it's a constant work in progress but also like things come up in our life on a day-to-day basis that could literally like re-traumatize resurface like bring new things into our lives that are now things that we can heal from mm-hmm. you know and I think that's the beauty of it is like healing journey doesn't really end it's a never-ending process the more i've gone inward the one thing i notice is you become very aware and then you become in tune with people right and so that part was definitely a different feeling when that became a part of my awareness where i was like oh man i can like feel you in my heart and you're nowhere near me like i have friends that there's just times i'm like man I, i just feel like i should text you or call you and just check on you the the funny part too is like you go inward and you actually you learn there's just more layers it's like the law of diminishing returns Mm -hmm. i think too it's with training too like at some point you're not gonna squat a hundred more pounds onto your squat every year if that happens somebody would be squatting like 20 tons or something at this point right you learn that like you just get a little deeper you become more present you learn a little bit more and like being able to appreciate that like never-ending cycle understanding that we all have wounds but they do get activated, like the nervous system does activate, we get the opportunity to work through them and and do the actual little things that get us to the person we want to be. Yeah, it creates a lot more stillness. A lot more. Yeah, my life is pretty calm. It's pretty interesting, to say the least. Well, Far, if you have any last takeaways you want to give the audience? no i just i hope they keep following you it's been like i i am i'm aware i probably have a first-hand experience not everybody in your audience gets to see but it's been super cool to see how much you go i appreciate you more so thank you for being who you are i mean that thank you
well, tell the people where they can find you, even if you don't want to be the face. Oh my God. You just follow <laughs> Beyond Gold Training. And then if you want to follow, follow me on any social platform, it's Farshad Sarafi. Amazing. Thank you so much, Far. Of course. I love you. Love you too.